to the Johnny O Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny O. This podcast is brought to you by Top Billing Entertainment, produced by Asylum Recording Studios and the great Mr. Zills. Do you like to party? Then RepCPS.com is for you. RepCPS started out as College Peep Show, a simple Snapchat account that shared submitted pictures of people having a good time. It has grown into a huge merch company. They offer an entire clothing line, patches, stickers, and more with hilarious party scenes. Go to repcps.com today and use promo code JOHNNYO for 10% off at the checkout. All right, Jeremy, how you doing tonight? Sounds like you were sick. I'm good. I appreciate you coming on. I've been looking forward to this a lot because the the topic is, uh, well, I, I guess... The topic could be a lot of things, but I brought you on because to talk about UFOs or and no, they changed the name of them now. UAPs is that correct? Um, but what, whatever you yeah, want to call yeah. it, it's um, a good way to hide eighty years of data because all the documentation <laughs> for eighty years they were called UFOs. So you want to erase all that and get people to forget about it and think that this is a new something that the government just recently became interested in. Um, that's what you do. That's, that's actually what it seems like is that they just became interested in it. So, uh, Jeremy, tell me just a, a touch. I, I, the deep dive, I found you on Twitter. The deep dive I did on you is, holy shit, you're a good researcher. I mean, everything I see, you just, that your research speaks for itself. So tell me just a little bit about your background, whatever you want to talk about as far as that goes being a researcher or whatever. Sure. I, uh, I got into a lot of this stuff in 2002, you know, I, I went to school for physics. I ended up taking a couple of years off, but I went back and got my degree in 2012. And, uh, I've just been interested in all this kind of stuff for 20 years now and, and digging into a lot of different stuff and, um, posting videos online. I, I met a lot of really interesting people who've, you know, helped kind of teach me and show me the ropes on a lot of this stuff over the years. And, and, uh, and I've gotten a lot of great contacts and, and interviews with, uh, people. So I, my main thing is, is the science and the technology, you know, I was real fascinated with the disclosure project and, you know, guys from like Stephen Greer claiming that, you know, our government cracked anti-gravity in the 1950s. And uh, I wanted to find out if that was true or not. And I wanted to, you know, if they if they could have cracked it in the 50s, we should be able to reproduce that now with modern day technology and, and, and science. So I've put a team of engineers and scientists together to uh, investigate all these different types of things. And, and um, what we've learned about the government's interest in anti-gravity and invisibility and, and other technologies um, is just is just tremendous. There, there's so much documented evidence for for that stuff, um, and I tend to, you know, I, I tend to stay open-minded. Maybe we're probably not a. Uh, I lost. I've first, never seen we're, a UFO. So you said you're. We're probably not alone, right? I, yeah, I, I, I mean, lost statistically, it, first it just seems like improbable that you know the given the number of stars in our galaxy and the number of Goldilocks planets in that in that Goldilocks zone. I just think it's probably conceited and arrogant to assume that we're the only ones here. I love um, I love how you say oh, arrogance. Oh. I I think it's big arrogance that that oh. oh, oh 
I mean, it goes on forever if you think about it. And we're the only plan. You know what I mean? That is arrogance. I like that term in reference. Yeah, it's. It, but the thing is, there's also very little in the way of hard evidence for for these types of things. I mean, you have events and UFO cases which are just not explainable with present technology or or science, uh, like the Battle of Los Angeles or the UFOs over Washington in '52 or the the Denmark UFO case and. Uh, that where the UFO dropped a piece of metal and it was actually recovered and and sent to uh, it ended up at, I think it ended up at the same place all the UFO medals end up at, which is uh, Battelle and Wright Patterson in, in Ohio. Um, the just the research I started doing into Roswell, looking at all the witnesses who testified to you know hand handling the memory foil and uh, the debris from Roswell, it just seemed improbable that all these people were making that up years later as to, to sell documentaries or, or TV shows. Um, there's just the, I mean, the U S the RAF Roswell army airfield reported that it recovered a flying saucer. It was in the newspaper. Um, and then they retracted that the next day. It's just, it seems, you know, there was also this whole secret space program with the operation paperclip Nazis and 14 years of since 1945 to 58. I mean, that's um, 14 years of a secret space program that existed before we created NASA, the public space program. So there's, there's all these interesting um, things that just haven't been researched. And, and, and it's just like forgotten history because of the classification and the cover-ups. So I, I've just been interested in, in trying to figure out the history and, and piece it all together. Cause it, it just seems it, did we, did we recover UFO alien spaceship debris at Roswell? Was it a von Neumann probe? Um, as some of these guys talked about, I mean, John von Neumann, the scientists who had one of the top uh, security clearances on the Manhattan project, he would have been one of the guys that they would have brought out to a thing like Roswell to go look at that craft. Mm-hmm. And it's just super curious that he wrote that whole paper on, on von Neumann probes just a couple months after Roswell. Like, what gave him that idea? And where did he get that inspiration from? Um, yeah, there's just things like that. And then the guy who discovered quasi-crystals, Dan Schechtman, did his postdoc at Wright-Patterson um, at Wright State University. And, and uh you know, and I've shown that they do classified research on terahertz stuff at that university with the Isaac Kemp story that I covered. That guy, that contractor that did a year in prison for uh, bringing documents home, and he wrote his PhD in terahertz wave um, stuff. So, uh, so, so you find all these things and you piece them together. It's yeah. So, so you're. I'll be totally honest with you. This stuff fascinates me. Found you on Twitter. That's why I want just to see if you want to come on and talk about it. So, do you mind if I just? I'm going to take you through kind of the the mainstream stuff and get your opinion on some things, if that's okay with you. Like, well, number one, sure. so, so Jeremy Corbell, I so he's the Joe Rogan guy, correct? And he, you, you don't. It seems. Per your Twitter, you don't believe in them. That not believe in them, whatever you want to say. So then, because of you, I looked into him, and you're not wrong from what I'm finding. Do you want to talk to that a little bit? Yeah, well, I've known about Jeremy Corbell before. A lot of people knew him because he was 
sleeping on John Lear's couch and the guys from the living moon forum, Zorgon and all those guys had to literally go over to John Lear's house and, and force Jeremy Corbell out of the place. Um, I also know that a lot of John Lear's medications and his books went missing during the time that Jeremy Corbell lived there. So I don't trust that guy. Um, I know that there's a lot of people who've been involved with the Bob Lazar story. I've been talking it with, uh, you know, Gene Huff and others who've told me very bad things about Mr. Corbell. And I just look at the massive media attention that this guy gets for every single piece of evidence he's brought forward has been like debunked. It's almost like he's the alley-oop guy to, you know, set up Mick West and then Mick, Mick West just slam dunks these home with the debunks. It's, it's almost like it's a setup. It's almost like it's, it's, it's put out there to the media so they can be like, Oh, this guy's the top UFO researcher and he's the best. And, and he's the champion of UFOlogy. And, and, but then they show everything he, he produces and puts out there is, is garbage and gets debunked. It's, it's, it looks to me like a setup and this is exactly what I've seen happen with other movements and, um, and other, um, you know, political things. So, so they, they, what they do is they create a, a what's called a pseudo gang or a counter gang. It's kind of like, uh, you ever seen the life of Brian with the, the Judean people's front. Yep. I no, know where exactly. the people's front. Judea. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. The pseudo gang and yeah, see, and it's yeah, funny. So they, what they do is they go ahead. Yeah. Frank Kitson talked about this in a book he wrote called low intensity operations. It was, it's basically like psychological warfare. And that's the, this is how they do it. I've watched it happen through numerous other movements and I'm watching it happen right now and trying to explain it to people. And they're like, Oh, you're just jealous. Like I'm jealous of Jeremy Corbell. And What's there to be jealous about? You it's, both, it's, you both, it, I, I guess I don't understand jealous <laughs> because you both have the same end goal. Is there, you know, to talk about UFOs and life on other planets, whatever the end goal is. I don't think there'd be jealousy there. I think there'd just be, hey, I he we uh, you know we're both interested in this topic, but jealousy seems a little like a stretch. And if people say you're jealous, I feel like they're saying it yeah. to deflect you or your opinion. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, like they're, they're yeah, trying absolutely. to it's, it's, discredit. It's a- Discredit is a better word than deflect. Sorry. <laughs> and there's an army of trolls all over Twitter that, that oh. do this repeatedly. Um, I, I comment or talk about this stuff. And it, and it also just seems like, you know, when I point out that everything he's put out has been debunked and that they use these pseudo gang tactics of they prop up uh, fake people to that they can easily destroy. It's, it's, a, it's what's called a straw man. Yep. Um, where they beat the crap out of the straw man and then claim victory over all of ufology and all UFO researchers because people assume that this guy's the best of the best and he's just not. Yeah, I, I get that. And and before I discovered you on Twitter, you know, I, can you see where he gets the credibility? Because you get a guy like Joe Rogan, puts him on there and and more than once, obviously. And, and so... There's a lot of people that if you're on Joe Rogan, then you automatically are the truth speaker, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? And I could see. Oh, where, absolutely. Yeah. 
that Joe Rogan used to question everything and then he got a Spotify deal and then that's when he censored the Stephen Greer interview. A bunch of other interviews got just taken down uh, when he transferred over. And I really think that that was the point when he was bought out because when, when he had Eddie Bravo on one of his first episodes when he moved over to Spotify – uh, Joe Rogan kept interrupting. You can't, can't talk about that. And they, they, they kept shutting him down, dude. It's like, it's like, he was obviously like some, there's something that changed with Joe Rogan. I really feel. And, um, and, 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 and I, and I, sad. I, 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 am a Joe Rogan. I listen to his podcast. I'll be honest with you, not as much as I used to, but, but I, I can tell I I can tell what you're I, what you say the, the yeah changes. it used to be way better back in the day yeah yeah and and the Spotify did deal did change it and I even noticed recently he he would go in a deep dive and it didn't matter how long the episode went if it was going good and now if you watch they're all just at two hours not that not two hours two hours fifteen minutes not that I'm criticizing that because we keep it to an hour but I find with our audience people. You go, you go over an hour, when you look at the data, you're losing people left and right after an hour. So that's why we just, like I told you when we were talking, let's do an hour. You know what I mean? Hour or less, you know, cover the cover the topics here. But uh, yeah. yeah I, people don't have the attention span of the time for that. No. They're, you know? they're, so I understand that. Most uh, of my streams are like two to three hours long and, and, no, and I don't get a lot of views on them because they're so long and... A lot of people don't have the time to watch that stuff. So, well, anymore, anybody's uh, TikToks or you know, thirty seconds a minute, a reel, whatever you want to call it, how it goes, you know, there it's it's you're right, the short attention span. So let me I, in my list of things yeah. here because I and and this is I don't want to sound so basic or remedial or whatever because it's you're you've researched this a lot more than me but i just when i wanted to have you on i wanted to get your thoughts on things like okay so corbell like and then you brought up bob lazar like tell me your thoughts on mm. his story like he seems to me very believable but 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 i want to talk to a guy like you that yeah, can say no he's if he's not. a liar he's a damn good liar Whew, um he would be but you know you gotta you know, there's a lot that about the Bob Lazar story. I used to be obsessed with Bob Lazar when I first got into this. And then my friend Ed Fouché, who worked at Area 51, you know, started having some questions about this. And, and I interviewed um, T.D. Barnes on my channel, who is a you know, head of projects, uh, special projects manager at Area 51. And uh, he says Bob Lazar never worked out, out, at, out, out at the base, point blank. He said, nope, never did. But I asked him about Ed Fouché, and he, he replied that he could neither confirm nor deny that Ed Fouché worked out at Area 51. So that, all, that's a world of difference between... <laughs> and then the whole thing with Bob Lazar, he's, he's, you look into his history and his past and his background, the, the pandering conviction with the Crystal Cove prostitution brothel and the, the, the CCTV cameras. He's just a really easy, easily discredited guy, um, which you know people have argued, oh, they picked people like that for these projects on purpose. Cause that way, if they ever talk, they can just discredit them. And, oh, yeah. and, um, you know, this is a lot of things that that story, it make me think he was, if he was brought out there, it was by a Richard Doty type and they Paul Benowitz him, you know, tell him that they got alien, you know, I don't know if you know the whole story. Have you seen the movie Mirage men? No, it's a, one of the documentary. It's a documentary. I recommend every, one new to UFO research, uh, go and look into because it just shows how 
the military were conducting underground nuclear tests on this project plowshare operation plowshare and they were going and taking local cattle and testing the thyroid glands and um you know basically killing these cattle and cutting out their thyroid glands and uh, pe people started becoming cautious. So they started spreading the rumor that this was aliens doing it, that the aliens were abducting the cattle. And so, so I know, it, I know it, that it just shows I've, I've never seen Mirage Men, but I know that story for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of weird how aliens have been used as the cover up for these top secret military projects, you know, but then I've looked into a lot of the technologies and the projects and stuff and like things like Foo Fighters and other stuff that you can't, it's really hard to explain those things with, with technologies um, that existed during that time, you know? So it's, I don't put, um, you know, the Rob Jacobs story with the, the UFOs that shot down that ICBM that he saw on the, on the tape and, and stuff that there, there's definitely more to the UFO phenomena than just, man-made human technologies and i've done my best to research and document all of those programs as thoroughly as possible you know the laser induced plasma effect continuous flashbangs that they can create a ball of plasma in the middle of the air and, and have it hover there and even talk to you um they could make use these 3d matrix arrays to produce images in mid-air of pretty much anything they wanted um I think that that kind of stuff is is really interesting. But again, that's based on laser technology, which wasn't invented until the 1960s. Um, so it just a lot of this stuff predates what we know. And um, I've just tried to piece it all together uh, as best as possible. To but you know, again, it's it's um, so there's a lot going on. Yeah. With so, the field. so in my list of questions, when I got to talk to you, I. It, it, there's one, uh, and it specifically says theories on UFOs versus uh, government projects. You know, is it a UFO from another dimension? To, I don't know if dimensions, right? Or another planet, whatever you want to call it. Or is it just us testing something? You know, you even brought up uh, cloaking, it, it, being invisible or whatever. There was just an article I read online today where they're saying in the war in Ukraine, there, there's people with cloaking devices where they look invisible in the forest or whatever. So, you know, yeah, is it UFO or is it government? Because I don't trust the government as far as I could throw them. And you know what I mean? At all. At all. I think, you know, they, for some reason, they have to think they have to protect the American citizens from the truth of whatever. But, uh, but what do you think? Like, Government or well, I know for a fact that there's BAE makes BAE is making these stealth tanks and the polychromatic panelings and stuff, and then and then they've adapted that into active uh, camouflage armors. These these coats, which is uh, these adaptive, it's called AD adaptive without an, uh, an E on the end. If you look it up, but you can mm -hmm. look up the the stealth tank technology. This is real stuff, and and you know Ed Fouché was talking about these things in 1998 he was talking about metamaterials and quasi crystals and and these ufo programs related to you know reverse engineering alien technology so mm -hmm. did we 
come up with these things in secret programs uh, over decades and then use the aliens as an excuse for where the technology came from to hide the, the secret programs and the secret research and the scientists who really developed this stuff in secret? Or did we really develop this stuff based on UFO technology? And there's lots of evidence uh, to suggest that. So what's uh, what's you know, your like opinion? I, I mentioned before, we, you know, we got it from UFOs, or we did it ourselves. I think we got it from UFOs, or I hate to say UFOs, but what, however you say it, I feel like we got it from technology, not of this world. Is that uh, fair to say? What do you think? There's a lot of people who have said that. I I personally believe that yeah, we have reverse engineered artifacts. I think that these artifacts fell to the earth. This is the type of stuff that the Roman Catholic Church would have confiscated and kept in an archive beneath the Vatican, you know, because it conflicted with the Bible and, and the official narrative of the day. So I, I think that there's lots of potential stuff that, that's been covered up over the decades. Um, and I think that, there, you know, we had the head, uh, Werner von Braun's boss and mentor, um, Herman Oberth, he testified, at, you know, that we had help from, you know, ET on, and, and figuring out a lot of the space, uh, the NASA's uh, space program technology in, in the in the fifties. And so, you know, I think that it's very telling that we didn't have a public space program between 1945 and 1958, and that they created NASA in '58, but we had a secret space program for you know 14 years. It's comprised of these Nazi scientists doing all kinds of, you know, research and stuff. So I, I you know, Herman Oberth said this, we've had very high ranking people, you know, like people that they, they want to act like David Grush is the first person who's claimed this or said this. I mean, we have Philip Corso who wrote that book in 1998, you know, the, a couple of years after the U S air force put out that Roswell um, case closed report. Well, he, he, he showed how close that case was when the head of the U.S. Army's material command comes out and, and says, no, we, we, we have alien technology and we reverse engineered a lot of this stuff from there. But then the technologies he mentions don't, don't make as much sense, you know? So I don't know how much he actually knew about the science and the technology and the real programs. Um, but it definitely it's, it's interesting that the head of the material command would say stuff like that. And then all the witnesses that have come forward too, from, um, people that said they worked at, at, you know, Wright Patterson during that time period and, and saw all this stuff. There's tons of people who've come forward and, and, and said that. And then the Battelle scientists too, that were the experts in metallurgy, um, John Elroy center, who said that he was given a piece of debris and of course, he he wrote a 1949 uh, progress report for for uh, Wright Patterson Air Force Base for the Air Force um, that he did a study for Battelle, and the study is how to analyze titanium alloys of unknown origin, and they basically they dissolve it and burn it in the uh, in pure chlorine and measure the off gases. So how if you had a piece of this indestructible material and you wanted to test it and find out what it's made of, the, well, the, the report's right there, you know? So yeah. um, it's just kind of, it's kind of silly to think that, um, you know, and the, I don't know, I, it's... <sighs> I guess it's it, it, it's it's crazy how this is this kind of evidence is is not talked about and not mentioned and the stuff that we were getting shown to us in the mainstream media, you know, party balloons, Boca, 
uh, flares of drones, triangles, um, you know, all the stuff that we're getting that that's getting the most media attention is, is the inactionable garbage. That's not going to lead to anything. It's, and, it's a road to nowhere. And do you think it, we are so close to the truth as, as uh, on our end that, that they have to feed us a little bit of something because I, I, I at my age, 30 years ago, if, if you believed in UFOs, you were short of being put in a straitjacket for real. Like, I mean, and, and nowadays it's like, I think, is there so much evidence out there that they're like, all right, we got to feed them a little bit here, a little bit there just to, you know, because it, it, the evolution of believing in UFOs from when I was 10 to now when I'm almost 50 is so different. You know what I mean? So, so you think that's why they're feeding us a little bit more, a little bit more? Yeah, well, they uh, they realize that they can't debunk this stuff or put out. You know, I, I looked at a lot of the stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of different conspiracies. Like I was, I was promoting uh, research into all kinds of. I mean, one of the ones that got me started. I was in was nine eleven and that whole thing. And I watched how they basically they couldn't argue with the the architects and engineers or debunk them. Right. So what they did is they came out with this whole pseudo gang. Um, with the with the uh, the Judy Wood people saying that you know these um, directed energy weapons could have vaporized the trade centers and, and then so they get people distracted with these theories they think are are legit and leading to somewhere and they say oh well this you know they point out some of these these weird connections like SAIC with the remote viewing program and that SAIC has a lot of scientists who work on directed energy weapons you know but. So this is a tactic that they use when they can't debunk the the real the real people out there pushing, you know, they can't debunk Richard Gage and the architects and engineers and all the scientists who've come forward with, you know, evidence of nanothermite and the dust, um, all that kind of stuff. So what they do is they create alternative theories to make people think that, oh, that it wasn't nanothermite they found. It was this directed energy weapon that vaporized all the aluminum and the steel in the towers and turned it into, you know, fine particle dust of steel that made it look, it just looks like nanothermite. And it's, where is the evidence of any of, of of this being possible like where is a demonstration showing this technology in action dustifying steel and they do not have it they cannot provide it and um and that is my burden of proof with the sciences is the experiment the scientific method is based on experiment if you can't produce an experiment to show your hypothesis is valid then you're not doing real science so let me ask you this so, so, and I don't want to get off topic because t today, most of the day, I was working in my office, and I and holy shit, the deep dive on on nine eleven, like that could be a whole nother thing. So you you just research yeah. like crazy, and 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 it's amazing to me. I wish I had that. That's why I like to interview people like you. That that way, I can just. I, I don't have, I guess my attention deficit disorder, don't let me research it like that. But but it's amazing to me how deep dives you did on this. And that's why I wanted to have you on. And and I have, can I give you one of my conspiracy, cons, sorry, conspiracy theories? And it is Space Force. Yeah. What's yeah, your sure. thoughts on Space Force? I think that, 
everyone made so much shit out of Space Force when they created it. And I thought yeah. the whole time I was thinking that even Steve Carell from The Office, like they did a show, like and kind of just like made shit out of it. I feel like Space Force was created because they're like, we need to know, you know, because they know something more than we do. Am I a moron or on, on maybe, or what do you think about that? Uh, that's interesting. You know, when they, when they, when that Space Force thing first came out and they first created Space Force, I was actually working, um, I was working at a, at a Air Force lieutenant's house doing my, my, uh, I'm a contractor, home improvement contractor. And I was doing work, uh, I was putting a backsplash in at this guy's house and I just, you know, conversation. I said, hey, what do you think about Space Force? Huh? What's your opinion on it? I just would like to hear your opinion being, you know, high up in the in the Air Force on this stuff. And you know what he said? He said that, oh. sorry, he said that. I gotcha. All of this is SDI program Star Wars technology from the 1980s. We've had a Space Force for decades, and it's about time they made it public. So, so they're they're going back to. So I remember Star Wars, the Ronald Reagan era Star Wars. Is, is he's talking about that? Yeah. So back in the in the eighties, they had all this, you know, technologies that, that this was what led to our modern day, uh, you know, hypersonic ICBMs with the super cavitating warheads and torpedo technology. They basically they use these directed energy weapons to um, to vaporize the air in front of the missile, so it eliminates all the air resistance. And so, I this is all um, this is all like this is all old technology that we've had for for years. And um, you know, the, the space force is nothing new. We've had you know that we've had the um, National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. We've we've had a lot of these. Um, these sort of organizations, but it's about, you know, them creating another branch of the military for the, the space domain is, 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 is interesting. And uh, I thought that the air force lieutenant's comments about it were also interesting because, you know, he just basically said, this is all old technology from the star Wars program that they're just, you know, coming out with now. It's like, so, so I guess you would agree with me not not agree that's not the right word so so in my opinion space force came out and then they kind of made shit out of it to to so people wouldn't think that it was as serious as it was is that the right? and of course trump was the president to do it, it, it you know trump yeah. was the one that created you know to be able to do it so everyone is just like and and, know, and, just, and we don't it, get we don't deep dive into politics on this Trump don't Trump I don't give a shit but but anything he said if it, no matter what they wanted to make him look like an idiot so so right, right. Co- that's it, what the media tried to do yeah so this space force coming out under Trump was even better like okay everyone he they don't like his mean tweets whatever now that he put space force out so so. I personally feel there's more to Space Force than meets the eye. Would you agree on that? I mean, it sounds like you do. Yeah, I would definitely say there's a lot more to Space Force than meets the eye. I think that there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of technology. It's not just the the Star Wars SDI program. I mean, that's just one of many different compartmentalized programs that worked on exotic technologies. And they're 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 kind of all under this umbrella of stuff that we reverse engineered from aliens 
and they're putting it all under this this program. Um, I don't know. I think it's very plausible that they 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 know more about the the uh, the the domain and the, the anomalies. I mean, we have NASA science NASA you know people like Donna Hare and and uh, and then Gary McKinnon who hacked into NASA and found the photoshopping lab at, at Building Eight. You know, so so we've known that that NASA has been covering up a lot of this stuff for for decades. You know, under the the National um, Public Space Program. Um, and I just learned a whole bunch of interesting stuff about NASA too. Did you know that NASA owns the rights to the inside of the pyramids? I didn't know. Why, why would they even want what? Yeah, no, I yeah. did not know. Why that. would they, why would they be interested in the, in the pyramids? Well, I mean, why I, NASA be into, in it? if you deep dive into it, they, because everyone says aliens made the pyramids, but why would they? Yeah, I agree with you. That one should not have to do anything with the other. There's just a lot of weird stuff that NASA has been involved with. And, you know, there it has been a, a secret space program for decades what, that ran parallel to the to NASA. You know, so NASA was the public facing space program. But we had a secret space program behind that, you know, run by run by DARPA and um, the Jason's group. I don't know if you ever heard of the Jason's. I have not, but I do have a question about NASA and Elon Musk, SpaceX, whatever you want to call it. What what do you do you think that NASA's threatened by so NASA's government and do you think that uh uh private space exploration do you think they're afraid of that? I I do personally. Yeah, so it's still off limits to everyone except for billionaires. Uh so they can easily control this because Obviously, the people who ha are billionaires and have money are easier to control than the general public. So I, I just, you know, well, Nat, well, Elon has definitely shut down NASA for as far as competition. You know, I mean, they can they with just the amount of, uh, you know, they it, how much it costs SpaceX to send a rocket into flight with private space industry versus what NASA. Um, you know, with government waste and and, and government and no waste oversight for sure. Yep. So it's definitely some advantages to to moving to a private sector. You know, I'm curious about Elon though, because you know, why is Elon more interested? I mean, SpaceX should have a warp drive division, or at least an all you know an advanced. You know, NASA had an advanced propulsion, uh, advanced concepts office, you know? So they looked into advanced propulsion. They were, were looking into anti-gravity. You know, we, we interviewed Dr. Charles Bueller and, um, you know, a number of scientists who worked on this kind of stuff. You know, I interviewed Amy Eskridge. Her dad was a NASA propulsion scientist and the one that, the girl that committed suicide there. Some people think that she was murdered or to cover up what she was saying about the secret space program and all that stuff. Um, you know, so N NASA is definitely, um, you know, involved with a whole bunch of, of stuff. But then, then again, you have Elon Musk. He's got Neuralink, but no warp drive division, no advanced propulsion concepts office. It just makes me worry about, wonder about him and his motives, motivations. And, and uh, do you think it's possible you know, he, he, has, he has those divisions, but he keeps them a secret because he doesn't trust the government or whatever, you know, or competition? It's possible, but I just uh, I don't know what's going on with with uh, with him and so, why you know because the government. I, I honestly, 
he looks to me like he he's in, he's right in line with the, with the government on a lot of things with the Neuralink thing. They want to chip everyone and turn us into friggin' Borgs. So and, I, and that I just, was in the I news today him. too. That was <laughs> yeah, that was in the news. Yeah, thing. I don't the, trust Elon. Uh, you know what? I I I agree with you. I I feel like if anything, Elon's in for Elon, and and he'll use the government till he can't use them anymore. He'll use people till he can't use them anymore type of thing, in my opinion. I don't know. And I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist or whatever. I just, there's something about him that's like, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but you know how you feel like when something's off? That's how I feel about Elon Musk. Yeah, the Neuralink thing is really what puts me off with him and the fact that they don't have a warp drive division at SpaceX, you know, but I, I will give him props for buying out Twitter but I almost think that he did that more for himself to have his own personal, uh, you know, news outlet. And he does. You know, and, 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 and okay, you want to deep dive into why I think about Twitter. I think he did it because he wants to start his own uh, global bank. Uh, sooner or later, you know, you play, you pay for your blue check mark. Sooner or later, you're going to be banking with them. I, I think it all ties into some kind of global currency, some kind of global bank. And I know I'm not saying that correct. I wish I, I didn't know we were going to get into this. Otherwise I would have wrote my thoughts down a little more clear, but, yeah. I, but it has to do with, with, with a, a, a glo, not global, not even write the word, but a bank. Like he, he wants, he wants to take everyone from banking at their local credit union or wherever to him. Does that, I don't know if that makes sense to you or not. Maybe I'm, well, he, he made his money originally off PayPal. So yeah, he's definitely involved with the first with with you know money exchanges and the in, through the internet is he, something he's always been. Yep, he sure did. I forgot about that. He sure did. And and now look at it, he could do it again. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. I just I I, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, theorist, but I feel like it has something to do with controlling everyone's money at the end result at the end of the day. You know what I mean? And and. And that's why I like I like to talk to guys like you. You're you're an outside the box thinker, in my opinion. You you don't follow the narrative of of uh, Jeremy Corbell. Like everyone, it, he went on Joe Rogan. Everyone said it's got to be true. Don't you think that? When I see anything in the mainstream media, um, I am usually just start my research from assuming the opposite is true to whatever they're telling me. And it, it's done me pretty good so far. Yeah. It's uh, just, they're notorious pathological liars all over our uh, mockingbird media. It has been since the sixties when this was, you know, the church committee exposed that they have people of influence in every major newspaper, every television station and globally, you know, mm-hmm. so I've known about that for a while. It's just, and then even in, Today's it's it's just gotten. I mean, this is 2024. If if you're still calling it a conspiracy theory, you're you're uh, you're behind the times. You know, usually the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth is about six months these days. Um, Boy, that's what we a find good point. out. That's a, they call that's it, a such they good love point. Thing is conspiracy theories. And then, sorry, so, I said that you just made such a good point. That you're so so. Uh, since I have you and and you, your insight on this, I I, I love it. Let me let, let me ask you such a, a this is not obscure, but like that incident in Miami a month ago 
or so. Do you know which incident I'm talking about where the police presence yeah, was so mall. thick and the mall and they said aliens? Just give me your spin on that. What your thoughts? I I mean, it, it's so hard to with between Reddit and Twitter uh, and you, you know, know what I mean. It's like what do you even know what happened there? But we never did get an explanation. No, and you know what? It's I just looked at that as one of those things where it's I'm not going to be able to find any actual scientific intelligence in the matter. So I kind of just stayed away from it and didn't, you know, engage with it. I did have a guy um, jump on my podcast, you know, one of the after party shows. We usually will. I'll do a podcast and then I'll post the link and invite a bunch of people just to come out and hang out backstage afterwards. Mm-hmm. And we get, we get all kinds of interesting characters that come in and uh, share all kinds of stories. But this guy was super credible. I mean, he was a uh, an ultrasound technician, and he he actually was had to travel down to Florida for a business trip, and he was in Miami, so he had decided to go by the mall and uh, just check out what was going on down there. And um, you know, he said that it was about a week or two after the event, and they still had the place closed off and shut off, and that these the, he he asked the security guards and, and the the officers out front you know, what was going on. And, and they kind of were like, Oh no, it's, it's, you know, it's not that it's a bunch of silly, but like, if this was just a, uh, that's suspicious. Yeah. For it's 100%. suspicious. So there's definitely some weird stuff going on with that whole thing, man. I just, um, yeah, it, it, you, ain't, I don't know. Uh, I, I would like, so I didn't know that that was still two weeks later. That, and, and, my background is I'm marketing. I'm a marketing advertising guy and I'm all about, turning that quick buck for a mall to shut down for two weeks and no one's making money. There's a problem there. You know what I mean? Like you, like you're you obviously from our conversation, you're a scientist, uh, an investigator, however you want to put it. And, and, and so you, you analyze it one way and I analyze it another way as no one's making money. These major, say there's a major department store in there. They can't afford to be shut down for two weeks. You know what I mean? So there's got to be something deeper to that if they're giving up that money. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I still haven't confirmed that report. I just heard it from this one guy, but that kind of re- it, it sparked on my interest in that whole case a little bit when I heard that. But you know, and I probably shouldn't be repeating stuff without verifying well, it no, first. No, but, but, uh, but this is just a conversation. You know what I mean? But but it, it it the whole thing is odd. I the the amount of police cars that were there is unbelievable. I wouldn't even have guessed that they would have had that many squad cars, sheriff cars, however many it was in the in, in the in that state. You know what I mean? It was unbelievable. So how many there were. So yeah. something something happened there. And again, so so. I feel like the government covered it up. You know what I mean? And I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the government. I don't trust the government. I think they lied to the American people all the time, and I think that was just another thing that happened. Do I think there was giant aliens there? No, but something happened there, and they feel like they have to protect the the American citizens from that type of thing. Don't you think that? Or not? Not don't you think that? But would you agree? Disagree? I think that if something, if something did go on there, 
um, people underestimate the government's ability to cover stuff up completely. Oh, oh, like they, they, yeah. We, we yeah. underestimate. So, so it is, it is. They, people are like, oh, they couldn't, you know, Bill Clinton's blowjob a secret and, 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 and all this <laughs> stuff. If they wanted to keep that a secret, they would have. They could have. Um, yeah. Without a doubt, they, they could have. It gets too, it gets so crazy. I mean, you, you look at what they've covered up with the ties to, you know, Epstein Island and, and, and all that. <sighs> we still don't have any of his co-conspirators names, you know, like Jelaine Maxwell, the first person to be convicted of child sex trafficking to no one. To, to no one. And okay. So to, if you don't mind, like, is there another topic other than nine? I don't want to cover nine 11 because I promise you, I, I in a, in a month or so, I want to have you back. Because, that one needs a whole another four hour episode. Oh man. my God. I, I spent all day watching your nine 11 stuff today. Like I didn't even realize I was so involved with the UFO stuff that the nine 11 stuff, I, I, I just discovered it today. And, and, that I hope we can do many podcasts together. Again, this podcast is a national podcast. We got a great, great listenership, and and just this is the stuff I love to talk about. But but that whole Epstein Island, and I mean that dude did not kill himself. Period, at all. And and it's just another thing. I, I, let's talk just about the government covering stuff up. Do you have? Theories, thoughts on anything that you'd like to talk about? I mean, I talk about all kinds of different stuff. And, uh, you know, there's, I mean, there's so much weird connections, too, between the private aerospace industry, like Lockheed Skunk Works and and the RFK and JFK assassinations that people don't even realize. You know, that, you know, RFK was a... uh, RFK Jr. thinks that his father was shot by a, a Lockheed Skunk Works security guard named Thane Eugene Caesar, who was last minute hired as a security guard uh, to work the Ambassador Hotel that night, and that they purposely changed the route to make take him through the pantry so that he'd meet Sirhan Sirhan, the hypnotized MK Ultra patsy who was waiting there. Um, I mean, we spent a decades mastering mind control that the, the, the uh, CIA was experimenting, giving each other LSD. You got Frank Olson jumping out a window. They took 20 years to tell his wife how he really died. Ted and Kaczynski. Then they didn't tell her the whole truth. Huh? Wasn't Ted Kaczynski part of that MK ultra too? Yeah. Yeah. Ted Kaczynski um, was part of an MK ultra program at Harvard and uh, you know, they completely damaged his young psychological mind oh. and turned him into a, a killer. Yeah. Without, without um, a doubt. It's, and you know, then, yeah. So there's lots of stuff that goes on that people have no idea about, um, you know, JFK assassination with, with the, uh, D. Harold Byrd, the owner of the Texas School Book Depository Building, who was, you know, good friends with Oswald's landlady, Ruth Payne there. And um, it shows that he he had a company, an aerospace company. And Byrd, Byrd is a weird connection too, man, because he's like the nephew of Admiral Byrd who did the Antarctica expeditions. So, so you know, so there's all these weird connections, man. As I listen to you talk, you keep going back to aerospace, space, I mean, all the way to the JFK assassination. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I guess you're talking to a novice here. So I'm just a guy that loves to talk about this stuff. But 
I, I, tell me about the connection there, aerospace to to. Yeah, Jim. so Bird created this company called LTV, Ling Tecmo Voigt, and uh, it was a private aerospace company. And I think they may. I don't. I don't know if they ever actually produced any airplanes and stuff, but it looked like a front for, you know, classified research into UFO technology and stuff is what it looks like to me. There's a couple of these organizations um, which just have very shady histories, you know, like SAIC is another one. They, nobody knows what they did for their first 15, 20 years of operation. There's, they literally like, there's, they apparently did nothing but they made billions of dollars up government contracts and uh, kept these businesses going. So where did that money go? What was it spent on? Where are those projects and where are the, the people who were involved? There's big gaping holes in the story of the official narrative that, that have never been explained or filled in. So the, apparently this guy made tons of money off this private aerospace company after the JFK assassination. You know, there's a lot of, other weird, you know, connections too with uh, Johnson, uh, Johnson's wife there, and, and Bell Helicopter, and also Ruth Payne and Michael Payne um, were connected with uh, Bell Helicopter too. So um, they sold tons of Hueys in for the Vietnam War after JFK got taken out. So there's there's lots of these different. And then oil, oil is a huge one too because D. Harold Bird we used to be called Dry Hole Bird. Because of the oil depletion allowance, it's a whole other thing you can look up. They were getting government paybacks for drilling oil wells. If they didn't hit oil, they'd still get paid money from the government um, because they're, you know, it was this whole oil depletion allowance thing. And JFK was trying to get rid of that. And so you have all these Texas oil men that relied on that government money, basically, uh, basically um, corporate welfare. And what happened to all that? It, you know, like these people, um, I don't know if you've, I read a book called by Daniel Jurgen called The Prize, and that's about the history of oil. And if you want to talk about conspiracies, man, just, just do a little bit of research into the oil companies and their history, man. Yeah, never. I, it, you know, I, I didn't even know there was a conspiracy about, the only conspiracy I thought is, you know, you hear the United States has enough oil for five or 600 years, but we don't even tap into our own because we're worried about using it. That That is the extent of my oil knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, John D. Rockefeller had this company called Standard Oil Company. And because he owned all the railroads, he basically would charge all the other oil companies like exorbitant rates to ship their products. So they, he shut every other oil company in the country out of business because he owned the railroads. So that's kind of the idea of it between, you know, in the game monopoly, how there's the four railroads, right? Yeah. Um, it's this idea that he created this monopoly over the entire oil industry and they had to pass this whole antitrust act, um, to, to, to break up the, uh, standard oil company. Um, and it, you know, this is all. This is all documented history. It's all ain't old history, but it. I mean, it, this this so, happened. So I know about. It was the, a conspiracy the, for them to shut out and shut all the oil companies out of business. So that so railroad thing, yeah, that's off. that's definitely something I've read about, heard about, for sure, and the oil. And but then, there's another thing that they did. Uh, GM, General Motors, uh, they went and bought out all the streetcars 
So all the trolley systems, all the subway systems, all, all the public transports, they bought all those companies out and shut them down. They took all the they took all the public transportation off the road so that people would have to buy automobiles in order to get transportation to go around. It's called the GM streetcar conspiracy. And that's a, another legit 100% factual documented conspiracy. And that seems 100% legit. I mean, it, with with streetcars, <laughs> wow. See, this is this is why I do this podcast and and just what we're talking about. I feel like we could talk for hours on end about this stuff. You know what I mean? Because I'm very untrusting of the government for many reasons, and it's and not even the government, but but the government has to conspire with big big companies like oil, GM, whoever you want to say. You know what I mean? To because they could step in. How and, about the Mexican government in El Chapo? Huh? Oh, yeah. How about how about the whole narco? Did you see the narco series? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like there's well, so much money in drug trafficking in Mexico that they basically own the entire government there. So I was listening to a thing today for corruption, and they said it it was kind of I don't know if it was conspiracy theory podcast, but they said if if the drug um, trade in the United States was eliminated, like Nancy Reagan, say no to drugs, done, that it would collapse the United States economy if you took out all that, all the drug money in the United States. And I found that interesting. I was like, yeah, you know, really? Why? But, but then I started thinking about it. I was like, but how much drug money is in the economy? You know what I mean? Hundreds of billions. Yep. Okay. Hundreds of billions. The banks, if they didn't have that liquid cash asset to to rely on, that constant flow of cash, um, they would definitely all get shut down. They would they would not have the fractional reserve. They you know with their lending practices and stuff, they wouldn't have cash assets to to be able to keep up with that. And by the way, it was Nixon who started the war on drugs in seventy two, and um, you know the. The whole Reagan administration with Adolfo Calero and Ollie North um, yep. running cocaine through Nicaragua and 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 all that mess. Um, it's it just shows you that they the CIA loved the fact that they could have untraceable cash flow through the drug illegal drug market. Um, cause they could use that for covert operations and then you don't have to worry about the black budget, you know, coming back to bite you in the ass or, or accounting practice, you know, any, it being accounted for anywhere. If you, if you're just got tons of ca piles of cash and drug money. So yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. You look up the whole history of it. Cause it started back with a company called, uh, Walter Russell and company in the 1800s and Russell and company, they they were the biggest opium smugglers in the world at the time. They they were you know responsible for the whole opium wars and in, in, in China and everything, and um, they actually helped push to make heroin. Heroin used to be legal. You used to they used to prescribe it. They they they, they over the counter medic. You could buy heroin. There's pictures of it, and all that stuff was you know heroin was first um, marketed as a non addictive opiate alternative <laughs> believe it or not um but all all that was done through um this russell and company and they actually helped to push you know 
laws into in, into action to to get these drugs outlawed and made illegal because they realized that they would make so much more money off all the junkies if if they you know if it was illegal for them to find the drugs and then of course the the justice system loves it because they can use it to corrupt youth get you know it's like if they can't get you in debt to a credit card company um, by the time you're 21, they can get you hooked on drugs and, um, and get you a criminal record. So you got a rap sheet and, um, you know, so it, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy what they've done to society as a result of this, um, and demonizing, you know, the street level users of drugs. Well, they're the ones bringing it in by the ton, you know, yeah. crashing planes and, uh, Puerto Rico with, with tons of CIA cocaine on them. And, uh, well, look at, uh, fast and furious, all the guns they ran down there. You know what I mean? So, I mean, are you familiar with fast and the furious? Not the movie franchise, the, the, yeah, not the movie. Yeah. But Eric Holder, Eric Holder was definitely involved with that. Um, he should be in prison. Um, the Department of Justice. It shows you how corrupt our Department of Justice is. There's, there's the people who are massive criminals and murderers uh, do not get held accountable. No. The FBI has, has, I mean, the FBI is is supposedly this organization which is there to you know investigate government corruption and all this stuff. And uh, you know, what did they do with uh, the lap Hunter Biden's laptop <laughs> investigation? They ignored uh, reports that Jeffrey Epstein was a sex trafficking pedophile for yep. for decades. They helped cover up the whole Epstein thing. Well, they had to cover and it later up because turns out too many big names involved with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially a big name called Louis Free, who was former director of the FBI, who was an Epstein client. Oh, I so so that's new to me. Clinton always is the one that sticks out yeah. to me. You know. And 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 you don't have Clinton, a painting of, of a Bill Clinton in a blue dress in your main entryway unless you got some dirt on the guy. You know what I mean? In my opinion. Yeah. So and the one with uh the the same artist painted one with Bush playing with uh Jenga towers. Yep. In an airplane. Yep. I tell you what, man. Like, come I, on, dude. Yeah. Like that <laughs> it, 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 this conversation we have ping-ponged all over UFOs to we definitely got to do this again because that I would like to have a whole 9/11 just conversation because again I I reached out to you because I want to talk about UFOs real quick is so I call them UFOs but now they're called UAPs but tell me tell the people listening what's a UAP cuz they're they're changing the narrative a little bit well, it used to be an object, an unidentified flying object, yeah, unidi- right? Yep. Now they call it an unidentified aerial phenomena. So okay. UAPs, UAP is already pluralized, so you don't have to call them UAPs because um, phenomena is oh, already a plural. Sure. But, um, it just, it's extended the definition where it's broadened the definition. I, I like UFO better because an object is a physical thing with physical, you know, tangible properties, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a phenomena, it can be anything. Go, they, They've incorporated ghosts, poltergeists, dino beavers, all this other stuff into the definition now. So they can, they can basically put Bigfoot and all this stuff under the same umbrella. Now it's a phenomena. It's no longer a, a, an object with 
like, real physics, testable you, properties. You, know? you could touch it, feel it type thing. Like, oh, look, there's a UFO that crashed. I can go up and touch it, whatever. Yeah. It has mass, temperature, other physical um, attributes that can be measured, right? Whereas a phenomena, I mean, how do you measure, uh, how do you do science? Like in order to do science, you need to take data and, and take measurements. But how do you do that with a phenomena? Yeah, it, you can't. It just. Uh, well, well, okay. So this is an odd way to click back to that. But you said Bigfoot. So like I had a Bigfoot guy on here who he hunts Bigfoots hunts not the right word but you know researches heard them whatever but no one's physically put their hand on a Bigfoot so that makes it a phenomena right right yeah right and 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 a UFO right uh, on, uh, there's people that you know Roswell you know there it is you know what I mean I put uh, a Lazar said we we have one we're reverse engineering it so you got that yeah, so we got the nine side. of them in a hangar yeah complex. so do you believe yeah. that do you believe that i mean do you think they had nine of them just off the cuff do you believe that i john I, lear said they had 11 of them the really? year before so like i i don't know if he it's kind of interesting because a lot of this is like john lear's story that he told on, on the record on George Knapp in uh, 87, like two years before Bob Lazar came out. And we know that, you know, Bob Lazar knew John Lear there. He was friends with John Lear. We knew from some of the radio interviews that he's given, I've put out that, you know, they traded John Lear a house appraisal for all his Billy Meyer and UFO stuff. And then Bob comes out with this story that sounds very similar to John Lear's story although he's the guy that actually worked there and has the evidence for it now. And um, even though he hasn't produced much in the way of evidence, a W-2 form and an, and an ID badge, which should have been issued by Wackenhut, the security contractor out at, uh, at, at Area 51. So there's a lot, a lot, a couple things that just don't make sense with the story there. Um, but, and then the whole thing is... Uh, you know, the element 115 stuff in the May 1989 issue yep. of Scientific American. So there's an unclassified publicly available source for the stable uh, island of stability and all that physics that he talked about. So, you know, although, and then I'm, I'm debating with uh, this Ricardo Storti guy now on the, on the 7.64 or 7.46 Hertz frequency that Bob had on his website that he thinks is significant and uh, proof that he knows he was introduced to some real black programs and physics and stuff. And, you know, Bob had a lot of interesting friends like Jim Tagliani and, uh, and Gene Huff and, and some of these other guys. So, you know, Tagliani worked out at Tonopah test range at, a, at you know, which has a place called uh, a site four, you know, a, there's a site four at, at Tonopah, which does counter radar ECCMs. And then there was another site four at the plant 42 where they built the B2 spirit bomber in the, in the late eighties. So there was these two other classified facilities called site four and then Bob comes out talking about this S4 place where all this stuff goes on. It just seems to me like he he had a lot of he had some inside information from real sources, but he kind of jumbled together to make up the story. Um, 
that's my personal opinion is that, and, that he, and, he, and he put could, a bunch of this stuff together and made it up. And, and, and if he wanted, if he put the story together and wanted to believe it, he could recite it. You know what I mean? Everyone says he's a very good liar. Well, there's a lot of good liars out there. You know what I mean? I don't know if I, I, I don't know where I, I, I at fall. At this point, it's, he's like an actor. Yes. That's reading it. off a script, you know? So it's like, you've mastered the script. You're not going to, you're going to stick to the same script. Um, you know, but he has changed his story. You know, he came out on Joe Rogan and said that these things were from an archaeological dig, that they were dug up. He never said that anywhere before. And I think the only reason he said that is because all the Mount Wilson Ranch stuff that was coming out at the time that he wanted to try to connect it to that somehow. It just, do, so there's certain things that he's changed in his story. Do you mind if we bounce back to, the, to, to the pyramids? Do, and, and now NASA owns the inside, not I, however you said that they own the rights to the inside of the pyramids or whatever. Do you think there's something there between aliens and the pyramids? Or do you think there's just, there was some kind of great way to build them? Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I'm, I'm real curious about that whole thing. You know, I, I read one of the books I read in high school was uh, Peter Dunn's uh, The Giza Power Plant. You know, I always thought that was an interesting idea that, you know, these things weren't tombs, maybe not. They, they were actually some kind of power reactors. I don't know. Uh, it's weird that no hieroglyphs are inside the Great Pyramid, you know. And um, but we have all these hieroglyphs and all these other tombs and the, the temples and stuff. Um you know, especially Ramses, you know, carving his name into the extra deep into the the temple at Luxor and Thebes, you know, so, so, uh, yeah, so that, you know, history couldn't be erased so that they couldn't erase his name. It was dug too deeply into the stonework. So, but we don't have that inside the pyramids, you know, and even though Dozer or, or Khufu claims that he built the great pyramid, you know, there's a lot of speculation that he just took the claim for it and that he didn't really do that. So, um, again, I don't know if there's any validity to the whole idea that these were pyramid type structures and stuff, but it's certainly interesting that there, there's evidence of some kind of explosion that took place inside the King's chamber, like the shit, like the stones cracked in there and stuff. And then also the sarcophagi, you know, like if you were just building this funeral chamber just to bury people in, why go through all the exacting lengths? I mean, they cut this stone block uh, to within microns of precision, oh, yeah. polished, you know, granite within, I mean, I don't know how you could do that with, with copper chisels and chicken bones, dude, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah, could there be an ancient, whether there's ancient technology or, or aliens built the pyramids, there's some reason that NASA is interested in them. Yeah. Without and doubt. It's just curious. And, and everything like the precision, like you talk about with these, I mean, there's God, it, it, the conspiracy theory guy, I mean, there's gotta be something a little deeper in there. You know what I mean? But but anyway, you know we're we're coming up on an hour. You were you you, you did me a huge favor coming in because you told me you had been sick and everything, and I and I wanted Dude, for, disease X. Yeah, it's no joke. <laughs> I, I you don't really think it's disease X, do you? Because that was in the news now too. But <laughs> I'm uh, but every, I'm, I'm it, uh, no no. But <laughs> but I live in the Midwest. I told you I was in Illinois, and boy, everyone's dealing with disease. X. There was fifty eight kids missing from my son's school yesterday. So, 
you know, you never know. You never know. But there is an election coming up too. That's here nor there. Um, let's let's let let me ask you one more thing, and then and then we'll wrap it up. What, Tom? Do you have any theories about Tom DeLong of Blink One Eighty Two? Do you even know who he is? Yeah, it's curious why all the Podesta emails with Tom DeLong were taken down off WikiLeaks because they used to be up there. I, in fact, I was the one who sent that stuff to uh, the Rolling Stone, and they published that article about it. So I was I was real happy that they did that. They that information got out there. It's still covered in the Rolling Stone article, but they've since you know removed the the actual emails from WikiLeaks, so people can no longer look those up. Um, I thought that was really curious because it shows that, you know, DeLong was contacting high level people in government to try to get involved with this disclosure process. Yep. And, 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 um, and they discredited him because he was, it, oh, that's just a goofy guy from Blink 182. I feel like there's a deep connection there, I, I, in my opinion. Well, they needed a rock star that they could get instant popularity and clout with uh, the younger generation and audience on this topic. So he seemed an obvious choice. Mm -hmm. It's also good to have someone who's not of high level intelligence and analytical and has a lot of discernment, you know, because, you know, Tom DeLonge gave that episode on Rogan and he's saying that, oh, these guys were so impressed with how good of a researcher I was and how I, all my, you know, all the research that I've done, I was just so good at researching this stuff. And that just sounds to me like, you know, they tooted his horn and, and, and made him, you know, massaged his ego. Yeah. Um, to make him feel that way. And, you know, that's so easy to manipulate and use someone like that. I just, that's what I think happened with the whole thing. I don't think Tom DeLong has any nefarious motives in any of this. No, I just think he's, either. you know, a Jeremy Corbell. He's oblivious to the fact that he's being used. You know, Jeremy Corbell with his inside sources that he can't name. You know, he's got these Pentagon people feeding him real intel from the inside, you know, and it, I just couldn't, I don't know. It just seems to me like these people are, are useful idiots. They're you know being what? used. I, 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 I like the, what you said, especially about uh, Tom DeLong, Like, I could see that. You know, popular band guy. Here we go. He, and he probably showed some interest. So, And then they, they kind of plucked him. Like, okay, here, this is the one. You couldn't just go to any random guy. You know, they couldn't go to Slash of Guns N' Roses and be like, you believe in aliens now. But this guy was showing a general I interest. John Lydon. What's that? It's got to be a punk rock. <laughs> it's got to be a punk rocker, so I'd go with John Lydon. You know what? Johnny Rotten. Oh, yeah. I know Johnny Rotten. Dude, I'm 50 years old, man. I I grew up on Sex Pistols and, and P-I-L. Yeah, that's my shit. So <laughs> if John Lydon said it, I almost would believe it because he, he had his conspiracy theories about about uh, the God Save the Queen. I mean, oh, boy. Can we have six yeah. episodes of this? <laughs> There's a whole other one. Holy shit. But anyway, all right, so we're coming up on an hour. I appreciate you coming in. I, I hope that you, uh, this comes out on Friday. I'll I'll tag you in the post on Twitter. I hope you'll come back and we just do the whole 9-11 thing because after today, I just want to take all the notes and have the 9 million questions. You seem like such a great, researcher like like you're not just talking out your ass like you, you before you say it you you look into it so 
again, I don't know you from a hill of beans. We met, I, I reached out to you on Twitter. Tell me where, if, if people want to follow you when they listen, if people is Twitter, your main handle to follow you, tell us where to find you on Twitter. Yeah. It's alien underbar scientist is my Twitter handle. And, uh, I'm on YouTube, alien scientists, and also check out altpropulsion.com. That's the APEC conference. We've interviewed more legit scientists than I don't, I don't think anyone else in the field has done more to, to dig into, you know, secret programs, interview people from Boeing, NASA, and all these corp, you know, private aerospace and, and government military people that, that worked on this stuff provably and have the evidence and documentation to back it up. So that's, that's what I'm about. I'm about finding these real whistleblowers and putting the real information forward. And, uh, we're very close right now with our group to cracking this this anti-gravity warp drive business. And we're going to expose it to the world if it if it exists and we, we can prove it. That's awesome. So, well, well, hey. Stay tuned. Th- thank you. Thank you. I, I hope we have you on again. Have a great night. I feel better and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you. Hey, thanks, John. Right. Have a good night. Yeah, bye-bye. That does it again for another episode of the Johnny O Podcast. One more shout out to our sponsor, Rep, CPS.com. Don't forget to use promo code Johnny O, that's J O H N N Y O, at the checkout for 10% off your order. It's the Johnny O Podcast. <laughs>